Hello, I'm Kate Freeman, and this is The Daily Dollop. On this episode of The Daily Dollop, I'm going to introduce you to emotional eating, what it is, where it originates, and summarize the four tools to manage it that I'll cover in this series. Welcome back to The Daily Dollop podcast, everybody. I hope you're having an amazing day. I've had a fantastic break. I've moved house in the last week. So I hope you have enjoyed the week of reheated podcast episodes. Big thanks to my producer, Dave, for making that happen. You know, this series is the first five-part series I'm going to do as part of the Daily Dollop where I deep dive into a topic in heaps of detail and go over it in five episodes for a whole week. We're going to look at emotional eating. So if you have a topic that you'd love me to deep dive into for my next series, make sure you reach out to me on social media and um, make your suggestions. I'd love to hear what you would like to learn more about. For those of you tuning in to the Daily Dollop podcast for the first time, My name's Kate Freeman and I'm a registered nutritionist and the founder of the Healthy Eating Hub and the Healthy Eating Clinic. And fun fact about me, which I have shared on the show before, but I am an extremely emotional person. Emotions are who I am, a part of the way I do life. I wear my emotions outwardly so everybody can see them. I was going to say I wear my emotions on my sleeve, which I don't actually think is the right saying. And I always get sayings wrong and my husband teases me about that. So he's probably going to tease me about this. I wear my emotions on my sleeve. I think it's I wear my heart on my sleeve is the right way to say it. But I do. I My emotions are out there for all to see. I can't hide them. I cry frequently. And the last few months for me with particularly buying and moving house has been hugely emotional and lots of negative emotions. I've been quite low and down actually and just in a bit of a funk of a headspace. But I have to admit moving house and actually getting that done has really helped lift my spirits. And so chatting about emotional eating just felt like a really logical thing for me to do, getting back into recording episodes for you guys. So I hope you enjoy the series, but let's get stuck into it. I'm going to start this episode with a little scenario. So let's just pretend that you've just woken up and you've thought this thought. Today's the day. I'm losing weight today. No more. I'm sick of the way I look and feel. I'm changing. I'm going to get on the scales after I do a wee and I'm going to be naked and I'm never going to be this weight again. Today's my day, my moment, my time. I've got this delicious berry and coconut smoothie for breakfast. Heck, I even put kale in it. It didn't taste so bad. I feel healthier already. Now, fast forward to Monday afternoon and you're at work and you think this thought, oh, my boss is driving me crazy. I'm not going to get this document finished. You know what? 
It's ridiculous that we even have to brief the secretary on this issue anyway. Oh, I can't do it. It's too hard. They just pick it, pick it and change my work anyway. You know, I'm actually hopeless at this job. You know, I really hate this job. I hate this job. I never get any support or guidance. My boss is out to get me. Oh, she's constantly writing me. Here she goes again. Ra ra ra. When's the document finished? Oh, I can't handle it. I feel so stressed and overwhelmed. I can't concentrate. I'm tired. I'm so tired. You know what? I'm freaking hungry. I'm so hungry. I just want some chocolate. I want chocolate so bad. Oh, but I can't. I'm losing weight today. Oh, who am I kidding? I can't lose weight. I'm always going to be fat. I'm always going to eat sugar. I'm just a disgusting person. I eat chocolate all the time and I can't stop and it's just who I am. I'm not worth it. I can't be bothered. You stand up from your desk and you say out loud, I'll be back, guys. I'm just going to the cafe downstairs to grab something to eat. And back you come with a can of Coke and a chocolate bar. If you resonate with that scenario, I want you to know more than anything in the whole world that you are not a terrible person. So many people have done this, including myself. It is an extremely common situation that people find themselves in. And emotional eating, I would argue, happens to all of us on some level. Some of us just struggle with it more than others. But the most important thing I want you to know about this topic is that you are not a terrible human being for being an emotional eater. You are worthy and precious and your value and worth as a human being is not affected by your food choices. They do not determine whether you are a good or a bad person. But where does emotional eating start, right? Like how does it come to be? It's one of the most common questions I get asked by my clients. Now, it's actually pretty difficult to pinpoint the origin of emotional eating. And I'm not a psychologist, but from what I've read, many psychologists believe that it starts in childhood. So if you remember being a child and if you remember being hungry, you get so hungry. Like it's epic hunger and you get grumpy. I have an 11 year old son and he gets grumpy when he is hungry, right? And so one of the symptoms of feeling hungry and having low blood sugars is that you start to to feel bad. You feel low, you feel lethargic, you feel irritable, you're a bit cranky, you have difficulty concentrating. And it's just the body's way of telling us to go and look for food. And so you're in this low emotional state as a result of having a low physiological state. And of course, almost immediately, as soon as you start eating, you begin to feel better. And this constant reinforcement of feeling bad, eating, and then feeling good means that we start to, that if we start to feel bad for emotional or psychological reasons, is that we can then go to look for food to help us cope because we do know that when we eat food, we feel better. So, so what actually is emotional eating? Well, at its core, emotional eating is a behavior. You are not emotional eating. You are, and you're not even an emotional eater. Try not to define yourself as that. It's just a behavior that you do. We do emotional eating. Now, the definition of emotional eating from the scientific literature is 
that emotional eating is defined as the tendency to overeat in response to negative emotions, emotions such as anxiety or irritability. And I think that that's a good distinction because eating in response to like feeling low and bad because you're genuinely hungry is not a terrible thing. Like you're not an emotional eater because it's 4 p.m. and you're starving and you want something to eat. Like that's just normal physiology, right? You're supposed to eat when you feel hungry. You know, we eat to survive. You can't not eat. So, but so emotional eating is actually more a distraction technique for coping with intense negative emotions. So it's it's eating in response to an emotional cue as opposed to eating in response to a physiological cue. So emotional eaters have difficulty tolerating and managing moods and grabbing food is an effort to cope or overcome really intense mood states. And as humans, we experience intense mood states frequently. Disappointment, fear, depression, hurt, guilt, rejection, anger. We grab food in an attempt to avoid all of these unwanted feelings. And so Essentially, emotional eating behavior is a learned strategy that we learn somewhere along the line in our childhood or adolescence to cope with these emotions. And at the time, we often feel no other or see no other alternative. And so managing this, and these are the tools that I'm going to cover. I'm going to cover four tools in the next four episodes that are going to cover the ways to to manage emotional eating, which is essentially replacing the emotional eating behavior with better ways to cope with stress and negative emotion, along with allowing more tolerance for negative emotions, so not being so afraid of them and, and wanting to make them go away. And then also ensuring that we're giving ourselves good physical and mental self care. But what we're going to cover in today's episode is the science. So I've linked to a paper in the show notes. It's a review paper on emotional eating and weight in adults. It was published in 2017. And a review paper is great because what that does is it pulls together the research from numbers, lots of different studies that have looked at emotional eating and weight and sort of summarizes the key findings of all those studies so we can start to see patterns in the research and and start to make some pretty evidence-based conclusions around a particular topic. And so some really interesting points came out from this study that I want to share with you today. The first one is is that it's suggested that 60% or more of individuals who are overweight or obese are also emotional eaters. So it's highly prevalent in a population group that we would define as being, you know, over their ideal body weight. Emotional eaters are particularly likely to consume foods that are high in fat, sugar and calories in response to negative emotions. And so emotional eating isn't like, I feel really crappy and I'm going to eat a bowl of vegetables. Emotional eaters are, I'm feeling crappy and I want to eat this packet of Tim Tams or you know, some honey on toast or these packet of chips, something like that. And I think, you know, sugar often gets blamed as the nutrient of choice for an emotional eater. But if you think about all of your delicious favorite foods, you'll probably find that the majority of them are not only high in sugar 
and or refined carbohydrates, but they're also high in fat as well. Chocolate, hot chips, crisps, cake. It's fat and sugar together that make an energy-dense, highly palatable, delicious food. One of the things that I thought was interesting is that the study stated that emotional eating can also be conceptualized as a form of disinhibition where individuals feel compelled to eat in response to emotional cues and then lack control over inhibiting this. And I think this is really important. It's it's actually frequently um, described to me from my clients and it's certainly something I've experienced myself that you feel out of control like you can't like you can't stop. Now, of course, if we combine this information so that emotional eaters are likely to consume high fat, high sugar foods, they're more likely to be overweight, right? This puts them at an increased risk of, of heart disease and diabetes. And so, you know, it is something that's worth tackling as part of your healthy eating um, program because of how much influence it has over your food choices and your long-term health. So, More studies have found that higher levels of emotional eating are also predictive of less weight loss. So not only does being an emotional eater increase your chances of being overweight, but it also means that you you find it difficult to lose weight. And one study in particular found that emotional eaters are half as likely as non-emotional eaters to achieve their weight loss goal if they're doing like a standard behavioral weight loss treatment. So that's really interesting. And so, you know, a non-emotional eater is more likely to hit their their weight loss goal than an emotional eater. Another interesting study that looked um, at participants in, it's a Swiss Swiss study. If you're, if you're Swiss, you're from Switzerland, right? Yeah. Okay, good. I'm good with geography. But it found that increased levels of physical activity helped to reduce the negative impact of emotional eating on BMI, such that higher levels of emotional eating and physical activity were associated with a lower BMI when compared with high levels of emotional eating and low physical activity. Also, if you're an emotional eater, but you're also physically active, you're also more likely to consume more fruit and vegetables than if you had low physical activity. So this suggests that highly active, basically emotional eaters, still still might consume the unhealthy foods when they're emotional, but this is then offset by the fact that they are active and they're also making healthy food choices as well. So some really, really interesting stuff coming out of this, you know, but essentially emotional eating is going to have an impact particularly if it is something that people struggle with commonly, it is going to impact your weight and your food choices long-term. So the study also looked at treatments for emotional eating, and this is what I'm going to go through in the next four episodes. But basically most behavioral weight loss programs have been shown to have little effect on reducing emotional eating and that internal disinhibition, so that feeling like you're out of control with your eating. And it's likely because these programs just don't address the challenges specific to emotional eaters, you know, which around their emotional regulation, et cetera. So there's been a number of approaches proposed to address emotional eating based on this review. And these include mindfulness, acceptance and commitment therapy, 
cognitive behavior therapy and dialectical behavior therapy. And so what I'm going to do in the next four episodes is I'm going to cover the following four tools based on the treatment methods above. A food awareness diary, a thought and reflection journal, mindful eating, and then finally finding other distraction techniques. So I hope you join me for the rest of this series where we're going to deep dive into managing your emotional eating. Have a great day, team. After years of being bombarded with diet culture, I so understand that the world of healthy eating is super, super hard. My healthy eating program helps people who are struggling with their eating habits to lose weight, feel good about themselves and eat well for the rest of their life. I do this by teaching one nutrition principle at a time and showing you how to establish this knowledge as a habit in your everyday life. This is unlike any other program on the market today that simply gives you a meal plan, a list of good and bad foods or expects you to change everything all at once. Life's too short to live with food stress. To become a habit builder and not a crash dieter, join my program today at healthyeatinghub.com.au. Thank you so much for checking out The Daily Dollop. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe so that we can spread the podcast far and wide and so you don't miss an episode. <laughs>